0: Hundred لله love, and the love, and the love, and the love, and the love, and إن Sunday Alhamdulillah, we find ourselves. Now in the second half of Shahdan, which was a time about that Sayyidina Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would have felt, so to speak, in the final stretch in the approach to Ramadan. In fact, most likely Sayyidina Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam spent the last fifteen days of Shah with more zeal and more desires and me and you spend the last fifteen days of Ramadan. Fair there is no comparison. Any one second of the life of Sayyidina Rasulullah in any day in any month in any year is infinitely greater than an entire lifetime of the greatest body, let alone an ordinary believer like you and me. But the point was that the anticipation of the coming of Ramadan and the yearning for Ramadan and I would imagine that given that we know from the authentic God, the Prophet that everybody, inshallah, has been offering according to Sunnah, that Allah ta'ala Barakah and Rajab in Shaban, and let us arrive and reach the month of Ramadan. So from that we would understand that the Prophet had been preparing for one and a half months. And I think all the preparation would be done by now. So you would notice, for example, when a person travels, maybe the day before or the night before or the morning of the journey, or maybe a few days before if it's a long journey, there's a lot of planning and preparation that goes on. But at some point, even before the journey begins, the planning and preparation stage ends. And now the person who has now done whatever they could do to prepare They're simply waiting in anticipation for the journey to begin. For those who, Mashallah, are better at planning in advance, this takes place a few days before their journey. For some, maybe it's the night before the journey. For some, maybe it's the morning of the journey. For some, it's just the car ride to the airport. But Basically, they're not prepared, and they're sitting in the car, and the time they spend in the car, and the time they spend at the airport lounge... There's no further preparation in that time. It is just waiting in anticipation of the journey. And if it's a positive journey or a spiritual journey, let's say, for example, if somebody's going on Hajj or then there's a great delight in that anticipation. May Allah take us all, all of us, all our listeners, all our friends, all our associates, all our ulama and mashaikh, over and over again to him and and Shammu Ami. But that, I think, is the best example, and it makes sense as well to compare them to Hajj, because both of these are basic foundations and pillars of our deen. And from the most vital and essential farah is obligatory ibadat, acts of worship, and our deen. And so, for example, when a person is prepared for Hajj, then there's just an anticipation and excitement now about going, that I will be going, I'm now in the car, I'm now in the airport, I'm in the plane, i in limited, all of that is excitement, and in many ways in Hajj, it lasts up till the day of Arafat, because that's like the climax of Hajj, right? And so that should be the state of heart that we find ourselves now in the second half of Shabbat. We should be prepared and we should have been making so much good about that, An extra fast, and month shabam, but the physical aspect of fasting, we're fully prepared for that. Because we made so many extra fasts, as was the sunnah of our beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that the most extra, purely optional, extra nuffman fast that he made was in the month of shabam. So one effect that would have is the person is physically prepared, the person is mentally prepared to pass, to fast, a person has set whatever routine of eating and sleeping they need to do, they've calibrated, and set their schedule. So they're prepared. They're fully prepared. Just like the athlete before they, let's say it's a runner, so before they run in the final race, there's so many times they've run that race, so many times they've run that mile, so many times they've run so many laps, they're prepared for it. There's nothing new for them. So many practice laps, test matches, sprints, etc. Just like that, Nabi Yagri and prepared for Ramadan as a spiritual athlete by doing these extra, purely optional, but nonetheless established for the Sunnah fast in the month of Shabbat. Secondly, he was always making up on the Sunna to reach Ramadan. So even you can stay emotionally and spiritually prepared. And then probably in the second half of Shabbat, it was pure excitement, pure anticipation waiting with a thrill and yearning for the month of Ramadan to start. Now, we don't find ourselves like that, even though 15th of Shabbat, meaning Shaban Shabbat, meaning mid middle of Shabbat is past. And still, we have about 10, 11, 12, depending where you may be in the world, days left in Shabbat to prepare for the month of Ramadan. I'm going to outline tonight, inshallah, two broad ways that we have observed people in contemporary time. I'm not talking about people in the past. I'm talking about people in contemporary times. Number two, I'll be talking about people in contemporary times who are distant from Allah or new in their deen or struggling in their deen or new seekers in the path to come closer to Allah. Because those masullah who are already Salaheen, Muttakeen, Mu'mineen, who Ali, Ibadullah, ulama, they have a different way of spending Ramadan. That is also worthwhile of for us to listen and learn and try to emulate and follow, but that is a separate topic. What I want to talk about is the majority of believers who fast in this day and age, Alhamdulillah, they do fast every day of the month, but overall they are relatively weak in their deen. They don't do extra fast hardly in the year. They hardly make any extra prayers. So Ramadan is a very new thing for them. As opposed to ulema, who fast every Monday and Thursday and every 13, 14, 15, and anyway, who wake up for tahajjud anyway, who read one or two or three Joseph of Qur'an every day anyway, who are making so much zikrullah, salawat anyway. That's a different type of person. And that's a different... then they obviously have a different experience in Ramadan. And for them, it fits them and suits them and benefits them the most to go into a pure khalua, pure retreat. And for them, they prefer to go into an etikah from the last days where there's no alim or sheikh giving any talk or dars or bayan. They go and they just do ibadah for 24 hours because these are, most the people of ibadah, of year-long of ibadah. These are the people of Istiqama and ibadah So for them Ramadan is a treat. It's a delight. But the vast majority of Muslims, alhamdulillah, who do fast in Ramadan, do not fall in this category. So fasting is new for them. They hardly fasted year-round. Praying Salat al-Tarawih is a new experience for them. They hardly have ever prayed any extra Salah year-round. Being able to listen and hear the entire Qur'an Kareem and Taraweeh or to be able to recite it more individually is something new for them because they hardly recited Qur'an al year round, Making dua at the time of Suhur, making dua at the time of Iftar, making dua to Allah Ta'ala in the last ten nights, and the odd nights of the last ten nights, these are all things new for them. Because they weren't people who used to make a lot of du'aqs from Israel, so. Seeking for laymut the and then making heartfelt tawbah and repenting to Allah and seeking His forgiveness from sins as if they were standing in the plains of Arafah on their offering there for the Hajj. This is something new for them as opposed to those, mashallah, ibadullah, ibadullah muttaqin, muttaq Allah describes them in the Quran. That every morning they would be seeking Allah's forgiveness pre-dawn, before sunrise at the time of Suhoor. Every morning they were treating it like it was laid together. Every day of there they were treating it like a Yom al Different type of people. Alhamdulillah, they are still around. They still exist. May Allah Ta'ala bless them and extend their shadow and shade over us and maybe enable us to be inspired by them and associate with them and learn and benefit from them. But the vast majority of us, all of these things are new in Ramadan. New things for us in Ramadan. So for a person like that, we have observed two things. Rather, I've observed mostly one thing, and this year we're going to suggest perhaps another way, to spend Ramadan. What we observe in most such people is that along with the fact that their individual ibadah with unresponsive increases, they fast, they pray to they individually recite more Qur'an, they individually make more du'a, they individually make more charity, etc. The majority of such people also increase their collective ibadah. It might mean communal iftar, having iftar in the West Side, where normally they wouldn't intermingle so much with their fellow Muslims, It might mean having family, sahur, but otherwise they were people who were so busy, leading such busy lifestyles, maybe they didn't even sit down and have proper meals with their spouses and children. But in Ramadan, because of the you know, time of school or the opening of the fast, the meal after Maghrib, they're now spending more time with family, more communal time. They spend more time in the masjid They come earlier for salah, and they're happy about that. They linger back after salah, and they're happy to do that. And, of course, for the men, they stay and pray taraweeh after isha. So they spend much more community time in masjid, much more community time with family. So not only does their individual self better, get better, the individual relationship with the masjid or the old ibadah, they also become better in terms of their social relations, in terms of the adab and akhlaq. It's just naturally, just the barakah, it's a very important lesson for learn because this can happen even outside Ramadan, after Ramadan, before Ramadan, just the barakah of spending more time in the masjid, just the barakah of spending more quality time with the family, for example, over a meal or otherwise, just Spending quality community interpersonal time with those who are near and dear to us naturally automatically makes a person better in the adab and akhaq. Means such a person who sometimes has a star with his fellows in the masjid, prays away or sits with them for tea afterwards, or sit and sits with his family at suhoor and for the meal after maghrib. Just these sittings, just the sohbah, just this fellowship, this companionship, this association will make this person more gentle, more humble, more kind, more caring. Just this mere simple association and fellowship and quality time spent with others, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And a Ramadan person who's always in the state of zikr, the they're always remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just that time is spent in such a way takes away unlawful feelings, unlawful desires, anger, resentment, ill will, takes away greed and lust for the world and materialism, takes away rivalry, jealousy, hatred, spite for others, even takes away some of the haughtiness and arrogance in a person. There's another great benefit that happens in Ramadan. Now, just like most people make the mistake that after Ramadan, they let their individual ibadah fall back again to zero, zero extra salah, zero extra fast, zero restriction of Quran, zero dawah, zero zikr. They also make the same mistake here as they go back to spending zero time with family, zero sitting in the masjid, zero associating with others for the sake of Allah. When from their very own eyes, from their own heart, from their own first-hand experience, not for a moment or hour or a day, but for an entire month, they lived and they experienced the lived reality of Islam. And they experienced the change and barakah and benefit of Ibadah. And they experienced the change and benefit and barakah of good companionship. And they could feel these changes in them as they became softer and kinder and less harsh. Even though they witnessed it and experienced it and lived it, Still, we fail to do Kadaragat. We, we fail to value it. We fail to do Kadaragat, we fail to value it, we fail to appreciate it, and therefore we fail to retain it. And we're not able to continue and persist in it after Ramadan. So this year, one thing I would try myself and suggest others to try. We try to track, normally we don't tell people to do this, to be overly aware of your own feelings and track it, but you should no, Ramadan, no, you should try to track it, and you will really see. It's not just the month of Ramadan, or just the act of first fasting, what we see in Ramadan is the power of being to change our life, the power of being to transform our heart. And if a person gets keen in that, then a person should give their entire life being and heart and soul to deen year-round. And this is really what's supposed to happen in Ramadan. And this is what we fail to do. We get the transformation for one month, we live it for one month, we experience it for one month, but we don't realize that this was just, this was a month, but it was meant to last a lifetime. And this is the nature of deen. Deen and the power of deen and our relationship with deen is supposed to be such that our whole life should change. Our whole life should change. Now, Normally outside Ramadan, if I tell a person that, the person says, no, that's so intense, and how can my whole life change? Your whole life can change. Their whole personality can change. All your relationships can change. The person would say, no, no, I'm too weak. I, I can accept, in theory, Deen has that power, but for me I don't see myself ever that happening to me. But in Ramadan it happens. In Ramadan their whole life changes. In Ramadan their whole all their relationships change. In Ramadan their whole personality changes. Allah hukma. Why? It's Deen. It's not just Ramadan. Why? It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you give yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as truly as Alhamdulillah people do in Ramadan, it's ikhlas. Mukhtasin al-Huddin, that they fast only for the sake of Allah ta'ala. They recite their Qur'an only for the sake of Allah SWT. They make du'a only for the sake of Allah They pray to the only for the sake of Allah SWT. They create their sadaqah charity only for the sake of Allah ta'ala. They sit with their family at the time of surah for the sake of Allah They spend time in the masjid and they smile and hug one another on Eid only for the sake of Allah Generally, smile and hug one another any time in the month, just for the sake of Allah SWT. Why? Allahu Akbar? It's their deen. So Allah Subhanahu indeed. If we give ourselves to Allah Ta'ala and we give ourselves to our deen, Allah SWT will use the deen to transform us entirely. And we experience that in Ramadan. How could a person go back? You know, Sayyidina Rasulullah and to teach Sahram. Of course, we can never imagine anything like this happening that he used to teach them. what that the most karaha, you know the most detestable thing to you should be that you return to kufr after accepting iman and tawhid. Now that's a specific statement, obviously, that anybody who accepts the Islam, like all Sahabikram, ...converts, reverts, I don't how you to describe it. So the most detestable, the most repugnant, the most scary, the most averse, maybe that's a better word in English, Karat, the thing that you should be the most averse to, it's a thing you should really not want to happen, is that to go back to disbelief after having been granted tofeet, to have imam and toheed by Allah but there's a broader lesson here. any time anytime Allah gives us any benefit, ni'mah, indeed, deen, anytime, then we should not want to lose it. We should not want to go back. We should not want to revert back to what we were. And that's what happens first the Ramadan. <laughs> that Allah all transformed our life and our heart and our ibadah and our relationship with Quran, our relationship with masjid our relationship with Salah, our relationship with people, all of that happened in Ramadan. And then we went back, went back, right back to who we were. Some of you might be thinking, this sounds like a talk somebody would give on the 29th of Ramadan. But that's the problem. We can't wait till the end of Ramadan to sit down and realize what was supposed to happen to us and what lessons we were supposed to drive and how we were supposed to change. But we have to do that earlier on even before Ramadan, we have to understand what's going to happen to us this month, what's the power and potential of this month. So one thing people do in this month is they will also, in addition to all the things that we mentioned, they will increase their participation and attendance in different gatherings of deen. There will be different droves Lectures, gatherings, circles on Quran on syrah, on Hadith, inspirational talks to increase our spirituality, bayan, And most often people in Ramadan, they try to attend these things more. More tafsir, more commentary on Hadith, more spiritually motivating bayan, talk, lecture, etc. And especially those who are first time not maybe necessarily fasting for the first time, but making it firm intention in their heart to make use of the fast of Ramadan to change their life entirely. Or, like what we just mentioned, right, to, they're making meals for the first time in their life. But they want Ramadan to transform their life and personality and relationships, and they want to stay transformed. And after Ramadan, they want to plug into every single aspect and teaching and amal and ibadat deen so that everything in Deen enters them as thoroughly, mashallah, as they allow Ramadan to enter their hearts. So often a person like that spends a lot of time in a lot of gatherings, and that is absolutely permissible in Sharia. We should be clear as well that having the program in the last 10 days, now that program itself should not be called itikaf. Itikaf is just the means of sitting and living in the masjid for 10 days. So some people therefore call Tazkiyah programs, some people Hanukkah programs, some people call dawa program. programs, to spend few days in Ramadan intensely trying to learn being deen in an environment of worship and learning of being. And if a person chooses to do so in the masjid and then chooses to do so in the last 10 days, then they may as well make meals from the etikaf. But beyond that, generally even women, Listen like on the radio and listen to more programs and read more books and have the Mishai and try to benefit from more from the lectures and teachings. But there's a second category of people who are not doing this for the first time. Maybe the first time they tried to do this was one, two, three, four, five, ten years ago. That their approach to Ramadan changed. And they didn't view Ramadan just as the month of fasting. They viewed Ramadan as the month of Allah's mercy and taqwa and ranayah. And they did all these things that we talked about. They even attended all types of programs, and Dawa, and Tazkiah, Khanka. Maybe they did it personally. Maybe they did it to Khaf. Maybe they went on Umrah. Maybe they attended a course on entire the sphere of Quran. They did a lot of things. And they've done this for a few Ramadan. And they felt that that benefited them, inspired them, motivated them. But at the same time, they feel that still, even though I did all of that, even though I made the need to change fully, I did all the programs, I participated, all of it, still I found myself. And within a few months after Ramadan, I went back to my old self. Still I find myself, in Shabān, with less than two weeks left to go until the new coming Ramadan, inshallah, I find myself still back where I was. So the question arises for the second type of person, who's already, so to speak, we say at least in American English, been there, done that. They've done Ramadan Umrah, they've done Ramadan Itikaf, they've attended Ramadan, Qasir of Quran, they've attended Ramadan lecture series, they've attended Ramadan Thursday Hadith, they've attended Ramadan beyond. If they're women, they listened; if they're men, they attended; if they're men and women both, they read works of mushair. They did so so much, maybe not all of the above, but they did a lot of the above. And they did it for one, two, three, four, five, ten, et cetera, years. So for this type of person, because, you know, alhamdulillah there are several such people who do listen to the program, what should they do differently this year? Obviously, number one, the person's heart, feeling in their heart is they don't want to lose anything that they already do. So let's say... If a person had a ma'bu a regular practice of going through the sphere of entire Quran under a scholar in Ramadan, and they did it for one, two, three years, they'd want to continue it again. If they've been sitting, if it's a man who sits in Sunnah Etika for the past few years, he'd want to sit again. If it's a family who has a family that go for umrah every year in Ramadan, they would want to go again. So the first thing is it's natural that you want to continue and repeat doing what you did in the past. And you should do that. Whenever it comes in your heart to continue or to repeat an amal, maybe there was some discontinuity, maybe there was a break, to continue, to repeat, to restart any amal, any ibadah, any suhbah, any ilm, any talim ta'allah, anything, any zikrullah that you had, you should accept that feeling in your heart it's coming from the Taufiq of Allah from Allah. Spanata, coming from the Hidayah of Allah. Spanata. It's Allah Spanata who is inspiring your heart to continue or to repeat or to restart. It's Allah Spanata who's who is guiding your heart to do it again. So you should do it again. But again the question arises sign that I did it again and I have repeated it and maybe some of us can say we never even have continued it. We might be some any sat in Sunday for the past ten years, twenty years. There might be family says they've been going to Ramadan or going to Ummar Ramadan for the past ten years. Right? So continue what we used to whatever Allah Taala inspires our heart that we should continue. And then do one thing different or one thing more this month. Now this one thing more is what I is Left from what I have to explain to you tonight, inshallah. Now, this one, I just kind of caught one thing more for now. So, this one thing more it's a whole range. It's one type of new activity. And depending on whether a person is a man or a woman, they're free, they're occupied, they work, they don't work. It could be a way, wide range, a wide spectrum, along which a person could do this one thing more, but there's one thing more simply speaking is try to be alone. In other words, at why we benefit a lot from the classes, from the itika, from the umrah, from the group activities, from the beyond, from the, it, all of that, from the dawah, tazkiyah, khalqa, program, everything. So one thing we have to add now to our Ramadan is we have to be alone, which in our deen is called khalwa, which is called solitude and seclusion. You might remember if you're listening from the start, at the beginning I mentioned that those ibadullah those Saliheen Ulama Shuyuk, or even the Salih Muttakeen from the ordinary people. They already do this year round. They already prayed the Hajjid alone Allah in the, the middle of the night. They fast alone secretly without any community of tar. They read Quran alone, not even in the masjid, but alone in the room of their home. And most people instead would just surf the internet or use the computer, or tap on the phone, or go to sleep. But these are people who are already alone in their free time. They have halwa, The khali. They, they turn to Allah This is something that me and you we need to add in Ramadan. This, I feel, is the big missing ingredient. So now, that we've understood what this is. Now let's look at the range of spectrum. For example, for men, it might mean, might, and again, you have to consult your ulama to you about this, and every person is different, and not giving a general prescription for everybody on the program. I'm just giving different possible ideas, alright? So for men, it might be, you know, this year I was sit of the Itikaf, in a place, in a masjid where there is no program, there is no alim it's just Ibadah. It. Even there, you have to make sure, however, that the seriousness of the fellow of is such that it would be an environment of Ibadah. There was one of our friends, I won't mention their name, or their country. They lived in, Diego, in the country and they also were not able to attend any Sumayi program. They were not able to make Sumayi Taka'af in any masjid but there was some broader dawah of their program and so they made me to-fit in their local masjid and just to focus on their Ibadah But unfortunately there's a lot of law of arguments between and amongst uncles over Eid and all types of things due to which the last few days of Ramadan were spent. There's a lot of arguing in the masjid. Obviously, because the person in attends the tukaf, you can't even walk up and leave. You to stay in the masjid because you're in the Qaf. And so, one not pick a place, a masjid, which is not suited. But if there is a masjid where you know the community is at peace with one another and the people who say the are serious, and it would be an environment where we must, should be like, but unfortunately, we are in this world some troublesome committees and troublesome members and troublesome even imams, for that matter. But if you can find a masjid and maybe it might even be your neighborhood masjid. that is the best of aqlaba the jurisdiction written, it's one of the jurists have mentioned that the mission that is closest to you, generally speaking, has the most right over your ibadah, right? Uh, all other things being equal. Obviously, if there is a program, if you're attending fifth year series after Fajr and Alam and the Alam in your masjid doesn't offer that, you will go pray Fajr in a different masjid. Same thing for sitting in some of the Alright? But I was talking about the one thing more, so maybe a person should not attend a group, sitting in the kaf with a group program. Or, another example, it may be the a woman, let's say, she needs to spend more time in her own ibadah now. Yes, she can listen to some lectures, some talks, and maybe in previous years of Ramadan she listened to two, three, four, five, six hours of lectures a day. Maybe no, there was a time for that and there was a benefit for that. Maybe this year she needs to listen to less. Maybe just one hour a day. And then and then four or five hours extra of Ibadah. See, he or she, the person, the point is, the one thing to do more is more khalwa. Because what happens in Ramadan all the community activity will end. All the group activity will end. There'll be no more group of star. There'll be no more family shahur. There'll be no congregational metadariyek. There'll be no congregational extra joint worship. There won't be congregational it's nine dua. There'll be so many group activities that we that many of us have plugged into and participated in for years. It'll all be gone. Now what happened was, what happened to us was for the rest of the year, we were too weak to continue individually, right? And that's why we say that, you know, I have to turn back to who I was, I couldn't keep up with it, because the reason I was doing all those things in Ramadan, there was energy, there was a group energy, there was a community energy, there was energy in the whole Ummah. And then after Ramadan left, I was back on my own, and I couldn't do it on my own. All right. And that's honest assessment. So there's Ramadan. What should be the goal? So if, if you listen carefully today, there were two main goals. Goal number one, and I want Ramadan to transform my life, my heart, my deen, my relationships. And afterwards, I want my whole deed and everything in deen to transform me entirely the same way Ramadan does. And the second goal, inshallah ta'ala, generally, but especially for this year, for those people who have already benefited from long productivity and past Ramadans, the second goal is that this year, inshallah, we want to learn how to do it alone. If you that to me, I haven't said, I can continue after because I couldn't do it alone. Okay. I'm too weak to do it on my own. Okay. You were too weak to do it in the rest of the month. And Ramadan is now a, a opportunity to make yourself strong enough that you can do it alone afterwards. So make and research whatever zikr you feel you want and can do, whatever manifestation you want and can do. Whatever amount of time you can from learning in with your being. Whatever you think you want to do year-round, figure that out and start doing it alone in Ramadan. Second, start doing even more than that alone because you don't drop. So whatever you want to do after Ramadan, try to do two or three times more than that in Ramadan so that when the natural drop comes, you will drop down to the level you want to be at. For example, if you want, after Ramadan, I should be able to recite half a juz. Every day of Qur'an. Okay, read one to two juz every day in Ramadan. And do it alone. So that when you drop, you drop down to half a juz. I want to be able to make zikr la ilaha illallah 1,000 times a day after Ramadan. Okay? In Ramadan, do it 3,000, 5,000 times a day. So that you reach that peak alone. Then you will drop. But then you will drop down to the level that you want, which is 1,000. Say, so after Ramadan, I want to able to recite salavadim 100 times a day. Okay, in Ramadan, it's like 300 times a day. After Ramadan, I want to at least still make dua at the time of the hajjud. If I can't pray the hajjud at the Hajjod, time of ishraq, or any other time in the day, okay, in Ramadan, make those dua at the hajjud, at ishraq, at duha, at iftar. Make them four, five, six, seven, eight times a day. You will drop after Ramadan, but then you will drop the level that you want, so that you can make those dua one time a day. All right. And sometimes to do this intensive individual adana, a person needs khalwa. And khalwa again means solitude, seclusion. Khalwa means a person needs to be alone. And that's the major thing I think some of us need to do in Ramadan. I'm aware of the danger that some might be so weak that they're not ready for this yet and they need to again spend one more Ramadan or maybe a few more Ramadan in intense group activity. Uh, because otherwise they won't end up doing anything as an individual, and they will miss out what they used to do as a group. But I feel that a lot of people, especially the ones who I know more personally, and our fellows and colleagues and friends, I think they are ready, inshallah. And you have to make yourself ready. And Ramadan is the best month to do that. Ramadan is the best month, the month where it's easiest to do mujahada, because of Allah's special mercy in this month, because of the heightened state of taqwa, that a person gets throughout the day and night, 24 hours, due to the fasting, due to the height of the state of zikr, more aware of a person's heart, because of the fast. So because of this increase in zikr and taqwa throughout Ramadan, it puts a lot of this mujahada, a lot of the spiritual exercises, zikr of ibadat, adabu akhlaq, tazkiyah, muhalafat nafs mujahadat nafs etc. It puts all of that Closer, closer to our reach. It makes all of that more accessible. So we have to use Ramadan, really, if I were to use the term, the language of Ramashai, as the month of Suluk, as the month of individual Saluk, as an individual we work hard in our Mujahidat, Piyavat, Ibadat, Adkar, Tazkiyah, Tawbah, etc., Islah. And we work hard to rectify ourselves, purify ourselves, transform ourselves individually in this month of Ramadan. InshaAllah, if we can do this and make this niyyah and make a lot of du'a to Allah, that He may accept it from us, we have hopeful in of mercy. And inshallah this year Ramadan will transform us and change us like always. But that inshallah we were able to remain like that after the month of Ramadan. At least we'll be able to continue no doubt, at a lesser level, at least some level that we can maintain throughout Ramadan, and that this year, inshallah, Ramadan will bring us entirely, completely into dinah. should enter deen of the entirely. And some of the ulama have mentioned that it can be for any aspect of Deen So enter Ramadan entirely, enter in your Salah entirely, enter into your Rastishma Quran entirely, enter into your Ramadan Salah entirely. And then it's also mentioned, Any aspect, any amal, any ibadah can be used for this. Use Ramadan to enter Deen entirely. Use one salah to enter Deen entirely. Respond and reply to the call of the mu'udin. Why? To enter Deen entirely. Everything that we do on Deen should be done with this niya, to enter the Deen entirely. And that is the niya that we have to have this year for Ramadan. And that is what will make a difference that this month, this year, Ramadan won't just be about this month, but this year, Ramadan is about our deed. And we will try to do everything we get in Ramadan, but our niyat is what? And we want to go all the way and do everything in deed. And we want to enter the deed entirely and completely. And inshallah, if we make this our and this our du'a, then Ramadan can be the month of deed for us. Ramadan can be the month of du'ul, entering, submerging, immersing ourselves entirely and completely in deed. Then it's not accepted near from us in Ukraine, each and every one of us in Ramadan like that, after that honor. And then, alhamdulillah, know he not think me.